I'm not even going to introduce you, right? Because uh, who you are is so much more important than, than what you do, right? And like so many times people put labels on us. So if, if I'm being introduced, it's like, ah, oh, well, he did this and this and this. But at the end of the day, like, it doesn't really define me. So who is, dude, who is Anthony Truck? Are you asking a true question of who I am? That's a great question if we're starting there. I'm that's, that, that's, that's what I'm starting off. I'm, I'm asking you to introduce yourself. Yeah. My name is Anthony Trucks. Uh, and, and here's the thing. If I tell you who I am, it's never going to be who I am. Actually, to a neuroscience level, it won't. But I am, if I listed it, I am first a man of faith. Um, I am a husband to an amazing wife. I'm not that guy that makes fun of my wife like ball and chain. My wife is dope as hell and I love her. Uh, I have three incredible kids who uh, I would genuinely take a bullet for. Uh, even if it meant sparing five more seconds of their life. Uh, from all my crazy of life, I've got to the point where I appreciate and I'm grateful for so many things that, that honestly should not be statistically in my life, uh, which have allowed me to be able to have some, some cool finish lines I've crossed that I can now go teach people how to run the race differently and better, hopefully. So I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, I'm an author. Uh, I'm the founder of a method called The Shift Method, where I teach people how to shift inside to change your life outside and I've gone through a bunch of crazy, man. Started as early as three years old, and I've, I've navigated past some things that I couldn't even tell you how I did. But I got to a point where I solved a lot of problems. I give it back as best I can. And I just want to leave this planet having a massively huge funeral. I want people to come see me off someday. Dude, I, I love that. You know, going from the beginning is you're talking about like that, it, that it's going to be different. Do you feel like you are identity fluid to where you're not just so many people get stuck in labels, right? Like I'm, I'm this, yeah. I'm that to where it's like, you can truly be whatever it is that you, that you need to be. Yeah. I, at this point I am, I think one of the big hindrances is people don't like to change things. And I find that I love that. I love difficulty. I love change. I love puzzles, dude. I don't know what it is. A guy on Instagram or, and I think it's Facebook and his YouTube stuff. is always like solving puzzles. I am drawn to it. And I, I think everything in life is a puzzle. Like, and if you don't solve it, it's okay. There's new puzzles. And so I do like the idea of identity fluid. There are parts of me that are able to adjust when I need to, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't like to, let's be honest. I don't like to have to change stuff, but throughout my life, like I was given away is at three years old, my life immediately became a puzzle, like immediately was in that center realm. So I've just, I've been bathed in crazy at this point. So I handle crazy much better than most. I embrace what has to happen. But the moment I switch into go mode, yeah, I'll, I'll gladly adjust and find things that need to, to find joy. Like they got to give me joy. So as I, uh, as I look at my life, I don't like to change as much. However, I'm really, really good at it. And I'm good at it because not only did I have to do it, but I figured out how I do it. And so now it's kind of a fun, it's a fun process to see what the world has. I'll finish this by stating this. I found that in life, the, the most joyous things, the, the greatest things will have come from something new, which is usually change. And it comes from us becoming somebody different. When we were kids, we had this really big, bright picture of what we can, we can do as a kid. I can be anything. As we get older, we start refining down, 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 down tight. So I have this job, I have a relationship, I know this. And then we wonder why our lives get so empty and, and unfulfilling. It's because we don't go back to this. And so all I did was said, how do I go back to this? And a lot of it's letting go of who I think I am and have to be and I'm dialed into. So the more fluid I get with life, I'm like, I could be 
the guy that, you know, plays with kids and hangs out and teaches my son's football while still hopping on a stage and, and teaching, you know, thousands of people how to be more powerful in their lives and their relationships. I can still, I can still be the dad that, that uh, my, my daughter wants to put makeup on for no reason. Like I can be all these things because now I'm opening up this perspective of like, I'm not just one thing and I got to hold rigid to that. I can be who I want to be and it creates more joy. No, dude, that's, I mean, that's, that's freaking powerful right there because do so many, so many times people get trapped in that identity right? Of, Hey, this is who I am. So if you got, you know, if you got somebody who's like a hard ass, for instance, right, they're just like a hard ass. Yeah. They feel like, dude, they got to be a hard ass in like everything. Like yeah, they if, do. You know, if, they, yeah. if you're a hammer, everything's a nail to where it's like, yep. you get so stuck in this one identity that you really lose out on a lot of life to where it's like, Hey, you know, it does, it, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the Marines or, you know, Hey, it works there, but mm-hmm. you can't be a hard ass in every aspect of life. You've got to be a, a little bit more fluid and open to things. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is there's a, uh, there's this thought that, that, that we as human beings, we, that we navigate our identity, we shift things. But I think a lot of people, they do get stuck into a position and they protect it. There's actually a grid that, that does this. It breaks it down. Eric, Erickson had a structure to it. And I kind of reframed it for myself, just language wise to make it easier to teach. But you always are either searching for identity or you're open. Or like you're pretty much, you know, like, I'm sorry, locked in. So you're searching, you're locked in. Either I'm searching for stuff out there or I'm locked into who I am. And what happens, those who aren't searching and aren't locked in, they're lost. They're just like, I'm floating. It'd be like, we'll call it the bottom left, right? Then you have people who they are searching, but they haven't locked in yet. They are open. I'm searching for stuff, but I don't know who I am. And I'm, I'm trying to see what the world has to give. I love these people. They're free flowing, figuring it out. Then you have people who are locked in, but didn't search. They just, I'm, my family said, I'm a doctor. I'm doing this. And they get to the back end and go, man, life is empty. I don't even like my job or myself, right? They're closed off. The top one is like, I went searching, took some time, found I wanted to be and locked myself in. I'm found. I'm, I'm this person. And they feel joyous. They feel settled inside. That's how I call it. Like they're settled. They're peaceful. But even those people get to a point where like, I've had some success. And now, man, I don't know if I love this job I spent 15 years climbing towards. And they feel like they're stuck there and they get, they get locked in. Like the person who is closed off, What you can actually do is switch back to open. Go, go start searching. All you do is start searching. You could be that person, like disconnect for a second. You're not just the CEO. Go search, man. You want to go like take up trapeze, bro? Go take up some trapeze, jump around. But in that moment of open, you get to find out what else you can do in the world. And our world nowadays in the history of man is better suited to go and see and do more. Then when you find something, lock yourself in, you're found again. And that should be the kind of pivoting of life. That's your fluidity you're talking about. I'm locked in. I'm found. I know who I am. I want something more. Let's go back and open up and go back and forth. I've got a theory, right, on why people don't do that. I think that we, because of the, 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 the day and age in society, is like, dude, we're, we're entertained like we've never been entertained before, right? If, the, if, hey, if I'm feeling down, because uh, two things make us change, right? Pain or a mentor. And if things are painful, we can hop on social media, um, get some quick instant gratification to where we, we never truly have to, have to change, right? Because it's like, all right, it's painful, but it's not painful enough. Why don't people do that? Why do they get stuck and they can't see that there is, there is more and do something about it? There's, there's a, there's none of pain, man. There's a story that I, I'm not going to say that I created this story. I got it from someone on my podcast and I love the story because this question pops up. And so this guy walks up to this dude in a chair, you know, farmer guy, he's got a little dog next to him out in the countryside. And somebody walks up, says, Hey, do you know where the closest uh, gas station is? And as he walks up, he hears this, it's moaning. Yeah, goes, yeah, you go down there and you hit that left turn there, so it'll be the gas station. And then he hears a moaning again. Guy goes, what's that moaning? He goes, oh, it's the dog. Why is the dog moaning? I don't know. He got, he's sitting on a nail. Well, why doesn't he just get off the nail? Because it don't hurt bad enough. 
Like there's this thing that a lot of us have this pain and we'll just moan throughout our lives, but it just doesn't hurt bad enough. To be honest, I played in the NFL, dude. And so I love sports. I love the intricacies of what it can teach you, the microcosm of the world of how to handle people and deal with stuff. But I, I don't think that there's a benefit to watching sports the way Americans do. Because here's what happens. 53 plus percent of us are unhappy with our career. We hate our job Monday through Friday. Saturday comes when you can do work to build your, a new life, a new hustle, to make more money, to change something. What do we do? Spend all day cleaning the house and preparing for the game on Sunday. Sunday comes and I, you know, I eat some food and I watch the game and I get out of shape and I don't like myself in the mirror. And then I go to bed like, damn, Monday's coming. I do it all again. So not only is it not hurt bad enough, but in the moments when you can change something, you find a way to distract or to pacify yourself and don't realize that that's the moment in time when you could be getting better. And, and then here's even the worst part. When you see somebody else doing something, you have to make one of two choices. If I see somebody doing something I would love to do, choice number one is I have to accept that this person's doing something different. And then I have to look inside and be like, oh, man, I could be doing that, but I am not smart enough. I haven't spent enough time. Whatever it is, I'm not doing what has to be done. And I feel bad. People don't like feeling bad. So they choose option two, typically. Option two is demonize that person. They're bad. They're horrible. That's why when I was a kid growing up, I thought all rich people were evil because they must be evil because, you know, they just, that's evil. They do bad things with money. It's like, no, I know some phenomenal people who give amazingly to the world who are wealthy. But what happens in our world is if you demonize something, you'll never become it. It wasn't until I realized like, oh, rich people aren't all evil. They're, there's actually phenomenal people. I was like, oh, maybe I can do things that make money. And oh, lo and behold, I can make money. But if you demonize a thing that somebody is, you'll never do what it takes to become that. So a lot of people get stuck in that same bottom level. No, dude, that's, that, that's powerful. You know, I, I look at it too. And I mean, because I, well, I was going back and watching your, your Ninja Warrior thing. And I heard the mm -hmm. commentator um, say, you know, hey, this is a big bulky guy. Um, usually big yeah. bulky guys do not do well at this. And then you crushed it, man. You freaking crushed it. Yeah. And dude, I had the same identity. I'm, I'm 6'6", 250 pounds. And yeah. I, I don't do things like little people, like little people do. I'm a big bulky guy, yeah. right? So I didn't skateboard. Yeah. I didn't do gymnastics. I'm a big bulky guy. And, mm -hmm. you know, we take, uh, I got an eight-year-old stepson and a 18-month-old uh, son and then now a yeah. uh, two-month-old son. So, I'm, I'm there with you on the, on the kids, but we go to these, um, these Ninja Warrior um, gyms and yeah. I just don't do it. They're like, well, that, you know, why, don't you, why don't you hop up there and do it? Say, hey, I'm a big bulky guy. I'm too big for this. But when I seen, when I seen that, uh, that commentator and then you killed it, I was like, you know what? If a big bulky guy can do it, I can do it. So yesterday, dude, I, I whipped out the pull-up bar and I'm doing, uh, working on my pull-ups and then just, dude, just holding it. I'm holding it for as long as I yeah. can until I got to let it down because I'm like, hey, I can, I can take on that new cool. identity. Yeah, you can. You know what's crazy is us longer, like taller guys. I'm 6'1", 240. Um, but I have a weird grip strength from football. But to be honest, our length helps us. The shorter guys got to like go swing their whole body to things. But if you can just elongate, you find that there's a useful piece. Uh, there's something that like also, also one uh, separate note makes you work in your core. It's going to be so helpful for kipping when you got to like swing your body. But here it's one thing I realize that a lot of people don't grasp and they, they live their entire life missing this. When I did Ninja Warrior training, I did a lot of grip strength stuff. And I would research, like, how do you increase your grip strength? Because I'm a heavy guy. I got to be able to hang longer. What I found was if you were to cut your pinky off and not use it, you would lose 50% of your hand strength. 
Now, when I ask people, what's your, you know, the strongest part of your hand, they always would say thumb or if index finger. And every finger is special. The thumb is the thumb. It's special. The index finger points and uses our phone, right? The, the middle finger can flip people off. That's the right, ring finger put forward. the ring on. But nobody cares about the pinky. It's insignificant, but holds all the strength. And in our lives, I realize that a lot of people, they have such a great deal of significance and strength, like your capability to be long for ninja that we don't even think about, but it's our asset. And we go through life wondering, why aren't we successful? Well, you never tapped into the pinky finger power. You forgot about it. If you can activate that, man, it applies to so many more areas of life, but everybody has their own different kind of pinky power. No, dude, this, I mean, that's because that's, it means even the same thing too with your, with your pinky toe. You cut off your pinky toe, you lose yeah. all your balance. Right, all this stuff, man. We, we have so many significant pieces of our lives that we think are insignificant, so we feel like we're insignificant, so we don't set goals, don't push for much, because we don't think we deserve it or have the capabilities. When you unpack a lot of people's past, man, they're, they're sitting on top of gold mines of confidence and belief and, and self-esteem and strength, but they keep piling crap on top of it that unnecessarily has to be there. Like they, oh, I, I didn't get good at this. I didn't succeed at that. It's like, yeah, but maybe you weren't supposed to. Tap into the thing you're supposed to do and you'll find so much more in behind it. Dude, I mean, that's like, if people actually just did that, that one thing there, it would, it would be life-changing, dude, which, which leads me into, into my next question. We have similar um, similar life paths. They're different, but they are, but they're, they're a little bit similar. For instance, for me, it was, we moved around every single year. My parents were, my dad was a transitional pastor, right? So every single year I'm at a new school. So yeah. for me, I struggled with identity issues and also poverty as well, right? Cause you're only making, you know, 20,000 bucks a year, you're being a pastor. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know who I was. And for me, when I finally, I was homeless at 20, uh, yep. And I finally got, I was like, Hey, you know, I, I read thinking grow rich and I started for my own business. And from then on, I was known as the, the business guy. I finally found my identity in that and became a self-made mm -hmm. millionaire by 25, um, went through a divorce, lost it all, almost committed suicide. And mm -hmm. I didn't, cause I didn't know where I was going to go at that time. So I didn't. And I had a whole, and a whole identity shift after, after that, going back in your story, being an orphan. At, at three and then being adopted by this family at, at 14 by this, this all white family and not growing up in black culture. Dude, how, how was it? How did you find your identity? Because it doesn't really, that doesn't really mesh together. No, it doesn't at all, man. I, I lost it. It took me years to find it. And not even, I don't think I've even found it. I just have a greater grasp of the fact that my identity is a, it's a box full of crayons, man. It's just, it's, it's all in there. So here's the big thing. Uh, I think for me, I look back at my years at three years old, I was always a, a, having a bunch of different identities thrust upon me, right? I was, and we do this in life, we reactively deal with life. I was given away at three, I'm, I'm, you know, putting these foster homes to do some heinous stuff to me. And I end up at the one and I'm there for eight years before I was adopted by the all white family. Um, you know, I'm horrible at football when I try to do it. My mom gets diagnosed with MS. Uh, you know, I, I actually get better at football. I, you know, I get to the point of, you know, getting good enough to where I have a new identity of like great football player, get a college scholarship, go to college. So I'm the football player with all that. My mom, you know, she's, she's battling her, her, you know, sickness of MS in the background. I have my fiance come to college. We have a kid. So I got a, a kid. I'm this new identity of a kid. I find my real dad uh, in, you know, my sophomore year of college. Then I'm doing football and football goes from college to the NFL. And I'm a new, I'm an NFL guy. Then I lose all of that. And I come home. I have a moment like yours, my man, because those dark moments, they come, bro. And then I lose my marriage. Uh, my, I'm a parent of three kids. Now, at this point, the three kids have a non-present dad. My business is stuck. I'm out of shape. It's all this up and down. And I think the entire time is I thought I knew who I was and I didn't. And, and here's where 
the concept hopefully will land for a lot of folks. In life, we're always working towards things. If anything, we're always working, right? We're doing something and we're trying to create something. The fruits of our labor, the fruit is actually kind of who we see ourselves to be. We are this fruit or this apple hitting on a tree, right? And all of a sudden, the apple falls off the tree. And like any apple, like it's okay for a little while. It can sit in the ground. We scoop it up, take it to the market, it goes in your house. But after a while, second rule. you know what I'm saying? And even then after a while, like it's still edible, right? It's still, it's still there. But then some time passes and it starts to get some little browning. Then it gets rotten and then it's no good, right? It's completely no good. And when all these things started happening, that's how I felt post-football. It all went away. I didn't have a grasp of my identity or who I was. It was rooted in something that could have been changed. It was the football or the relationship or the business. And then when I feel like this, this apple, like I, I just, I feel crappy. And it took me a lot of years and, and my mom passed in a way and, and finally desiring to, to do something more than I was doing in my life and getting by. And I realized in a weird turn of events that I was never, and we are never the actual fruit. We have always been the tree. The tree was the thing that created that, that career of football in the first place, created the relationship, created the business. It created all that. But what happens is if you're a farmer and all you worry about is the apples in the ground, you never take care of the tree, all the rest of the apples die. You're not watering it. You're not pruning the branches. All the apples die. So when football died for me, yeah, yeah, I lost my relationship. It was, my marriage fell apart. Parenting fell apart. All of it did. And so for me, it's like the navigating of my identity only took place when I got to the concept of like, oh, damn, I'm the tree. I'm the one responsible for all these things dying around me. So let me go take care of that tree, man. And so I, the way I look inwards and how I work on myself is what I teach my clients. And when you do that, man, the rest of the things, the fruit starts getting thicker and beautiful and you can prune and you can have these amazing branches of, of fruit on there. But that's kind of how I've had to navigate the identity. It's just conceptually like that, understanding it's always going to be a matter of, do I take care of this tree that takes care of all the rest of the fruits in my life? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of, I'm a little bit like mind blown too, because there's not too many people that, that think like this, you know, what you said there, where it's, it's their identity is rooting it, rooted in something that can change. I mean, look at COVID, right. With all this stuff going on is, you know, so many people were, um, I mean, com commercial real estate's going down, downhill because nobody yeah. needs it anymore. And to where people's mm -hmm. identities were formed in these things that can change. And when circumstances come and take those away, it's like, it's, it's, who are you? Yeah. 100% bro. It is not what you know. It's who you are with what you know. That is that. That's, that's the one thing I try to get into people's heads. And a lot of my work, it's not con concepts. Like I'm giving concepts now. A lot of it boils down to very clean specifics of when I was in the NFL, dude, I learned how to strategically plan at a world-class level and plan big championships, right? Trying to win Super Bowls, trying to win, you know, national championships how to execute that plan when I didn't feel like it. When, when my ankle hurts and it's the middle of a game, my back hurts, I still have to go full speed and hit this dude and execute that play. And then am I disgustingly consistent off the field so I can wear you down on the field? That's it. Am I consistent in my game of life? So when I'm, I'm playing on the podcast and the stage, on coaching calls, in sales calls, have I done the work in the background to where I show up confident on the dude and I'll wear this opposition down? And so when I look at a lot of the different things we deal with, yeah, too many people, man, they are rooted in a concept and don't realize that you can't actually adjust. But, but man, you got to do the work in the dark. A lot of us don't do the work in the dark. So we show up, we struggle in real life. I mean, how does somebody even, because for, you know, for me, I didn't, dude, I didn't have a choice. Like I had to, I had to become this person. Like I didn't, if I, if I could have gone, you know, when I was homeless, if I could have gone home and stayed with my parents, yeah. um, dude, I would have, but I just didn't have a choice. So I had to, to, to grow. Do you feel like, do you feel like, you know, go back, look at, at, at three. It's like that God, that God had a purpose 
and, you know, allowed those struggles. Cause I was listening to you, um, on one podcast and you talk about, you know, when your kids is you, you let them, you let them go through the struggle because they've got to become, um, you know, they've, yeah. they've got to become who they're supposed to be. And, you know, to a lot of people that can seem, um, like hard or uncaring and you almost look at God the same way. It's like, man, why do I go through some of these things? But it's it, all those things made me who I am. So is, do you feel like, yeah. you know, going through that, it, it was, it was hard, but do you feel like it was actually a blessing? Oh yeah, man. You know, because it is, it, you have to become the person. So the way that you become the person is through work, right? But you got to be that human. If not, then you'll always be trying to do what that human does and you'll eventually burn out. Like if you think about the difference between saying I'm, I box or I'm a boxer, right? I'm a person that's not a boxer trying to box is versus, versus a boxer. If those two get in the ring, the boxer wins 100% of the time. Sorry, but there's just, there's too much behind the scenes. And so when I look at like my kids, like you're talking about, or myself or anybody who has to do something, you have to think about like, what's going to allow the, uh, the tank to be able to go as far as it needs to go. What's going to fill the tank as it burns gas. It's like, what's going to be solar power versus a gas engine. A gas engine will deal with situations to where it'll burn the tank out. Like I feel like I'm trying to do this thing and all of a sudden it's just, oh, I can't do it, I give up. If it's who I am, dude, it's solar powered. The sun's out all the time, I'm running. You can't turn me off. There's not gonna be a thing that stops me because if I, if I do fail, it's not, I didn't just fail at this thing I was trying, I lost a piece of me and we will fight to protect that in all aspects. So when I talk about my kids, I can't tell them what it is to have grit. They have to have it. I cannot rob them of their hardships because there's a statement that I look at my life. If you're asking about childhood, heck yeah, man. There, there was this back end of my life where I realized like everything God put me through, I needed to go through. I didn't like it, but I have a great deal of appreciation. There's a, a quote that I love and it says, a smooth sea makes not a skilled sailor. So a lot of people are, they, they've never gone into rough seas. So like when I was a kid, I was out in the, the rough storms of the ocean, man. Life was kicking me around. I had no choice but to figure out how to man that deck. How do I handle the thing? How do I get through the, this, this crazy ocean? And in doing so, when I get older, I got these weird skills, bro. I can handle far more than the average normal human being can. And it's not because I'm, I'm special, but it's because I'm just damaged to an extent, right? It's just stuff, right? And so when you figure these things out, it's like, oh, okay, cool. So now when we get later on in life, a couple of things happen. And it, it, this is where it hurts my heart, where I do the work I do. Two things happen. One, if somebody does go out to sea, if they haven't had a life of, you know, understanding how to navigate those oceans, they, they're going to capsize. They fall apart. They fall in the depths because no one, they didn't learn the, the skills of how to navigate the ocean in the middle of a storm. And so for me with my kids, I'm like, all right, well, I, I navigated it alone. At least you got like a captain on the ship to teach you how to do things before I set you out to sail on your own, right? So I can teach my kids through like when then the storm's going and they're freaking out and doing stuff, I'm sipping tea, watching them go crazy. Like, stop it. Hey, chill out. Go over there. Twist that up. You know, like, so I can do that. And the other part of it's a problem for some people is because they've never experienced a storm, they stay in the harbor because they're deathly afraid of going out into it. So opportunity passes them by. Life passes them by. I believe God has an amazing plan for all of us, but we mess it up. We're too scared. We're, we're too worrisome. We're, we're not faithful enough. We don't believe. So we don't go out into the ocean. We miss out on that great catch of life. And so, yeah, I think my childhood, as much as I did not like it at the time, to this moment, I don't like what happened to me. But do I appreciate what happened? Heck yeah, man. Without that, I'm not who I am. Dude, and, that's, and that's really what egoless is all about is because I feel like it's our, our ego that stops us 
uh, yeah. from, from going out there. So it's like, what if I fail? It's like, so, so what if you, you know, what if you fail? I, I watch, you know, my 18 month old son, dude, he's running around tripping, you know, looking like a, looking like a fool. And, but everybody's always like, man, he's so fearless. And, but if you look at it from a point of view, if like, if it was an adult, we would be laughing at him for it's like, wait, why are you, why are you trying that? It's like, at some point we stop growing and stop failing and stop, stop doing things because of our ego yeah. to where it's like, Hey, I've got to protect this image of myself because exactly. I don't want to, I don't want people to know that, Hey, I, I fail. Yeah. The EGO, I called everyone's greatest obstacle EGO. Uh, it becomes this really detrimental piece. And, and the thing is, unfortunately, most people, they don't realize the ego is not a bad thing. It's, it's what, you know, for example, my ego is what allows me when I was in football to get up, read, you know, my playbook and go to practice and lift weights and eat food like that. I, I will protect that identity with my actions, good or bad. So the thing is, I have to start thinking about clearly, like what kind of identity inside am I protecting? Who am I to a core? And then in those moments, realize the identity is going to protect that. So if I want to be better, I got to let the ego armor down a little bit to go in and adjust that identity so that when the ego is protecting, it's protecting what I want it to protect. And you're right. Some people get through life and they feel like it's an empty life or it's dead. It's, it sucks and nothing's getting better, but they won't give themselves permission to improve. They won't admit there's something. That's why AA, the very first thing is admit you got a problem. It's all an ego. It's a legitimate ego thing. It's like drop the facade, man. You've been drunk for the last 364 days. Like, you're an alcoholic, homie. I, I can quit when so, I want to quit. Yeah, but that's what they do. When those statements come up, the excuses come up so we can protect our, our ego, our fragile ego, to sleep better at night, to get to the day. But if you remove yourself from that and you were to look at somebody else and, and look what they're doing, you'd give that person different advice, but you won't take your own. Which is, which is weird, too, is because you know, in, in most situations, you know, people, people can call, like we can call other people's bullshit, right, to where it's like, yeah. They'll, they'll make a statement like that where it's like, Hey, I can quit whenever I want. And inside it's like, no, we, Hey, we know you got some serious issues, right? We judge everybody else based on their actions and just, ju you know, judge ourselves based on our, our reasons. Um, yeah. and it's, it, it really is. It's almost like a, it's almost a lie because, you know, they, they feel like if I expose this, people aren't going to, people aren't going to like me or, you know, people are going to judge me. It's like people, Hey, people see that already based on your actions. Like they yeah, know they that you're not what you're pretending to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You think you're hiding some, bro. You're just, you're looking stupid over there with that. But they're like my kid, he comes out. Uh, I didn't eat the cookie. It's all over your face, man. I didn't eat it though. Yeah, you did eat the, just as much you ate the cookie. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, and I, it's, you know, I, dude, I, I go back, right. It's, it's human nature. You go back to the, you know, go back to the garden, right. When, when Eve ate and the guy said, Hey, you know, did you eat the apples? Like, Oh, well it's the woman that you gave me. Uh, like, yeah. and I, I almost, dude, almost like if we lived our, if we lived our life without excuses, right? Dude, I, I bet even from that one moment, dude, things would have been so different. It would have been just like, God, hey, listen, like, dude, I messed up. You said not to, uh, but I wanted to be like you and I ate it. Like, can we do anything different? Instead of putting mm -hmm. the blame and lying about it, like I almost, dude, wonder where, where we would be at differently just from that one decision. But even fast forward to our own lives to where it's like, I, I call them Uncle Rico's, right? Have you, you watched uh, Napoleon Dynamite? Oh yeah, but come on, man. An American and not know that movie, bro. Hey, if, Co if Coach would have just put me in, we would on the state championship. You know, he's filming himself throwing the ball. If if only this would have happened, putting on so many, you know, that's that's so many people are Uncle Rico's where it's like, man, yeah. if if only this would have happened, I would be there. Half to hell is paved with good intentions, man, and good perspectives. It's, it's never that though. It's yeah, you know, I I, uh, I don't like to live in that place. I I guess the way I look at it is it's because there's so many endless you know possibilities. 
I got to choose the ones I have and make them right. And I, I guess because I believe there's a bigger plan for me, although I have will, I have, you know, freedom, I, I still think there's an end result we're supposed to make our way towards. And, and I think people don't like that because then that means they don't have control. You always got to control, man. You always have an opportunity. But I think the place is pretty good we're supposed to go. But I think when you say, I want to have control over it, you're usually breaking it. You know, it's like someone takes a new business over and changes everything before they figure out how it runs. Like, yeah, no, it was already running smoothly, bro. You broke it. Like, you let, you let the rest of the world in. You started doing drugs and hanging out with the wrong people. You, stuff you knew was wrong that mom and dad told you was wrong, but you still did it. So, yeah, yeah you, don't, you, you had your control and you, you broke it. It's your fault. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to all look ourselves in the mirror and just say, hey, you just, you just didn't want it bad enough. When, yeah. When it, when it, like, so you, you really are an anomaly, right? Because you, and I mean, it was listening to the podcast too, where you're talking about like black culture and white with all this stuff going on to whereas yeah. you really, because of your, your upbringing, you really don't carry a label um, to where, you know, kind of going back even to, to where it's identity is where it's like, you can see, you can see both sides of things. I feel like the reason that we have these labels is, is, is for control. Like I feel like it's, it's, a, there's a much bigger system, right? And if somebody is, is black, um, if that's their label, then they've got all these negative stipulations that go along with that label, right? Then if you're white, mm -hmm. then you have all these other negative uh, um, labels that go along with that. No matter what, yeah. whether you're, whether you're a woman, whether you're a man, when you, when you, I, when you label yourself, there are those negative stigmas. And I feel like that is, that is used to, to control the masses because then you know what's going to get under people's skin, right? Hey, I know uh, if you're a woman, I know it's going to get under your skin. You know, uh, you, you're not as good as men or this. Like they, and they, people just stay upset. Do you, do you feel yeah. like, you know, because of not having those labels, you don't, I have to identify with all of those negative things that even, even though, right, maybe somebody said something to you. I was listening, you know, hearing about, uh, you know, guys saying racial slurs but you still don't have yeah. to identify with those negative labels. No, no, you know, I, I do. So I guess the thing is the labels exist. And I think negative is a perspective that somebody else placed upon it. Cause you can ask somebody like black man and somebody be like, Oh, cool. So black man, all oh, bane of the earth. Right. So it's, I guess it's who's labeling me. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm talking I, about more so of not like there are, there are certain people, but I'm just talking about when it comes to like culture and then the way that it's, it's, it's yeah, represented. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So like, I, I was definitely in the head there. I think so with a perspective of like, I'm, I would, I'm a black man. Like I did, you look in the mirror, I got a, I got a, like an Afro on my face for the beard. Like I'm a black man. It's cool. I wasn't, however, there's a lighting or something. <laughs> however, I don't, uh, I don't subscribe to the ways that I think that I have to operate based with somebody else would, would deem, whether it's my own culture or somebody else's. So just, so you know, you know, there's people in my world, black guys should be doing what I'm doing. I'm wants to hear you, you know, get out of here, you know, that kind of thing. And they got the black people that are like, you should be a louder voice for our people and that kind of thing. It's, it's not, I'm not going to say I don't subscribe to either one, but I think that duality wise, like I can help black culture by doing something that people would deem as respectful. That helps the culture. And if I don't, I don't have to wear a sign on my face that says I'm doing it for culture. I'm doing it for ant, right? But I'm a black guy and I'm aware of that. So if it helps the people move forward, I'm cool, but it's not the reason I'm doing it. I'm doing it because it's what my heart says to do. My family wants me to do that. Then also on the backside, there's a lot of people that, that don't want to see you climb, whether you're black or white. So I'm going to do what I do, and I'm not going to let those people kind of press into me something that would, would adjust how I operate to affect my outcome. Because then they win, right? So I guess the way I operate is literally in my family. We have conversations like, look, this is the world we live in. Doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's wrong. It just is. But here's what we're going to do. 
we're going to do what the hell we do, man. We're going to go to school. We're going to educate ourselves. We're going to speak properly. We're going to, we're going to be nice to people. We're going to, we're going to show up. We're going to go out of bounds. We're going to, we're going to be the thing that makes people go, Oh damn, I didn't know people like that existed. And that has nothing to do with a race thing. Now, yes, if people do put these negative connotations, stigmas on me, Hey, that's their problem, man. I'm not about to operate out of your weird brain. I'm going to do what I do and I'm going to enjoy my life. And you do have people that do have their stigmas. And I, we're outside of restaurants, me and my son a couple months ago in Reno and some guys, you know, nigger this, nigger that back and forth yelling it. And it's like, to the extent of there's other people coming around, like figure what's going on. And I was calm, man. What am I going to do? Let this guy make me feel bad about my, my skin. Really? Like, I'm going to let you do that. I was like, man, get out of here. And I eventually got the guy to like walk away. I got other people, like white people crying, white women. I'm so sorry. And I don't want to demean their feelings because I respect that they respect it. But at the same time, it's like, I, you just brought, you just absorbed that guy's negativity. That's why you're crying. There's empathy to it also. I just didn't absorb it. And if I don't take the gift, I, I don't have to then carry it with me. Uh, Gandhi had this really cool thing that it was years ago. I heard a story about him and he's in public and somebody says, you know, walks up to him and you're a horrible person. You should die. And he says, thank you. No, I don't think you get it. You're a horrible human. Die. Thank you. The guy gets frustrated. He walks off. One of his followers comes up. Gandhi, how could you let that guy say it to you? He says, well, if somebody comes to give you a present and then you don't accept it, they have to walk off with it. So in the world we live in, these labels, I just don't accept the label. And so people get pissed. It is fine. Like you can get pissed all you want. I'm not going to label myself as something that I don't, I don't feel I need to have. I'm just going to live my life according to what I know humanly in my book is right. And everything else you placed on, that's all placed by you. I don't have to take those gifts. Dude, that's, that's powerful. I mean, I think really what it boils down to is when you, when you, when your identity is, Hey, is I'm, I'm powerful and I'm the, I'm the shaper of my destiny is it really, you know, it really doesn't matter what other people try to try to throw on us because I mean, dude, at, at, you know, at the end of it, like race is, is skin deep. Right? You go to our, you go to our yeah. organs and our, you know, in our brain, dude, it's all, it's all the same. And our brain perceives the world around us, but we, you know, cause I, I look at our bodies like suits. I mean, these are just housing suits right now for the, for the yeah. world that we, that we live in. But when you, when you can adopt, adopt that identity of power, it's like, Hey, I, I'm great. I can do whatever in the world. I think that's when it opens yeah. up and there is, there's like- no more negative, you know, there's no more negative stigmas to where it's like, Hey, I don't have to, I don't have to think like this. No, it's indifferent. It, it just is. It's an indifference. It, the thing is, is you, the, the people that are most successful, are those who just don't stop, there's a momentum. It's like, you know, like a flywheel and those things get spinning. It's hard to slow them down. You know, trains have them, you know, back in the day when there's momentum to it, man, it's really hard to stop them. They, they'll take your finger off, dude, it just goes. And the problem with a lot of people is they let individuals stop them in the middle of starting their flywheel over and over and over. I put myself out there. Somebody says something. I feel bad. I tuck away. I start the business. It doesn't go well the first time I tuck away. I never get the flywheel spinning, man. When, when you get the flywheel spinning it, you can take it. There's nothing that stops. The identity of who you are takes motion. And now it's unstoppable. That it's who you are. But when people let the rest of the labels slow them down or stop them, they have to put all the energy back into restarting. And it's, it's draining after a while. I don't want to restart. I don't even, ugh, I give up, right? And that's a lot of people live their lives, unfortunately. And that's that life we're talking about having a flywheel spinning. The only way it slows down is if you let somebody come slow it down. Like you can't give someone the keys to drive you crazy, man. Don't let them get in. Don't let them say the things that slow you down. I just do what I do. I definitely get my messages. I mean, I get them. I, I experience the world. <laughs> 
but I, I, this point I smile at it because here's another piece that I've learned. I got a lot of joy in me and people who don't, they want me to come to their level. And what they do is they try to, they try to come in and they'll try to rob it from you. And I've never found an incredibly happy, joyous human who's tried to make me feel bad, to knock me. Like it's all, everything from the racist statements to the, you know, the angry statements of whatever I do, or you're a money hungry dude because you're making people pay for your coaching. I'm like, I'm sorry, that's my living, right? And I can sit there and absorb that, but I'm like, hey, this person's in a funky place. And that for me wants me to give them compassion as opposed to giving them anger. And so that's really my disposition for folks. And when you do that, man, it gets your flywheel spinning because nothing else slows it down. And then all of a sudden you have this powerful identity you're talking about. No, it's just, it's a, it really is that, that empathy too. Cause like, we don't know what that other person's going through. It's like, we want to, we want to react, right? So much of so much of communication is based upon feelings to where it's like, even, even the words that we say is only like, like 10% of communication. It's like, dude, I don't yeah. know what that, that dude went through with these on drugs. It's like, why am I going to let that affect me? Yeah. But do, so mm-hmm. when do you, when did you, when did you adopt this? Right. Because you had identity issues, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, right? But it, there, there really is identity okay. issues, you know, growing, yeah. growing up and mm-hmm. coming up to the NFL. And then when, you know, got the injury and that happened, when did you adopt that? Because it's like, you look, if, if I was to label out that story on a board and I was to say, hey, what is, you know, what do you guys believe that Anthony's likelihood to be successful in a world changer is? And I label, you know, I put, put the points there, at, you know, at three years old, um, was an orphan, then got adopted at 13, uh, you know, and put all those points, a lot of people was like, man, like it's, it's a slim chance because of those, yeah. those circumstances. When did you I, adopt that identity to become who you are today? Uh, man, it, it happened in weird stages. To be honest, there actually is statistics, statistics behind this. So if you go to any prison in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids. 51 or 2% of the homeless population has spent time in foster care because kids age out. Uh, and then less than 1% of us graduate from college. So we're not meant to do that. In the NFL, it's like 0. 0.000 something, 1% of, of guys actually play in the NFL. And then my first business I sold after a decade, which we all know businesses don't typically run that long successfully. And I started in 08 in the recession. So numerically, statistically, I'm a super outlier. And I'm aware of this. And I don't say that to be this thing where it's like, look at me, I'm special. Because the question is, where did it shift and when? And I, I believe it's a couple things. It shifted far beyond um, the years I thought. It was back like in 2013, when I, when I was 13, 14, when my, my adoptive mom loved me past the crazy, unconditionally. Like she loved me to a level that didn't make logical sense. I'm not your blood. How are you putting up with this crazy little kid, like ruining the house and getting in trouble at school? She loved me past it. Then it took place when I got into football for the first couple of years and I was horrible. And I made this choice because some girl made some statement that really unsettled me. Her, she blamed her difficulties on child care, like our foster care. And it, it didn't sit well with me because I was doing the same thing. Like, man, I'm about to blame the rest of my life's failures on foster care. Like that didn't sound right. And so I decided I was going to figure out what it took to be great at football. And I did. I anchored an identity there. And again, I, I wasn't knowing the entire time I was doing it. Then I go to college, have a kid. I was not a, here's the thing, I wasn't a football player with a kid. I was a father that was a student athlete. It was a different sense of who I was. Then I met my real dad. I already had a foster dad. So I, so I had two dads and they weren't stepdads and they weren't gay. Like I had these two interesting cats and one of them didn't know that I existed. And it was always weird, right? Then I get in the NFL. I'm an NFL guy. Everybody knows me around town. Then I lose it, right? All these different things. And I think what it was, was, 
I genuinely got to the point where 2016, I was divorced. I'd been divorced for a few years, custody battles. I'd been through a couple relationships and it just, man, life didn't feel right. And I remember I woke up next to this woman who'd flown in from Russia because my business had gotten a little better. I was making trips and flying around and I did the Playboy thing, right? I'd fallen from my faith pretty distant. And I had this woman that I'd met when I was there presenting and she'd flown back. And I mean, I woke up New Year's Day next to like this, you know, Russian chick and just their complete physical lustful relationship. And I just, man, I couldn't talk to her in my language. I, I, I didn't know where my kids were at. It's just, it was a weird, like a, a wave of shame, dude. It's the best way to explain it. A complete overwhelming, like this guy sucks. I would never want my daughter to be with this guy. I'd never want my boys to see me or be like me. My mom would not, re- would not respect the man that I am right now. And my God wouldn't let me into heaven. And it was just really interesting. Like I'm the common denominator in all my problems. I got to figure this thing out because I can blame it on the world and the economy and my ex-wife and all these things. But really, I was involved with all of it. So what I did is I started making some changes, man. And a lot of it boiled down to me figuring out who I was. I had to figure out this tree. This was a tree thing. I had to figure out what is going on that's not, you know, developing what it's got to develop in my life. And so I, I dug in, I found the areas, all, I call them blind spots, essentially, like all these areas I was unaware of that were part of my operating system, my identity, that just weren't set up to succeed the level I wanted to. I wanted more. And I had to figure out what that looked like. And it came with a lot of realizations of areas that I was not that great. So I started doing the work, man, like a computer, I call it. Your identity is kind of like a computer's software and our bodies are like these biological, you know, kind of hardware. And my identity software needed to be upgraded, essentially. Because life, if you think about it, is always telling you stuff to fix. Hey, get better as a dad. Shut up, woman. You know, get in better shape. Shut up. I'm, I'm going to own a gym. Dad, can you come to the game? Be quiet, kids. I'll, I'll make it there. I'm busy over here, right? Life gives you alerts like a computer does. Hey, do you want to update? Snooze. No, come on, do it now. Snooze. And all of a sudden, the program stopped working. Zoom's not working. Chrome's not working. And tells you, hey, dude, update this thing. Fine. Hit the button. Wait for it to download. Then I got to upload it. Now it runs smooth. Life's the same way, man. I, I started downloading the hard way all the aspects of my life that were just, man, these are, these are difficult to accept. Where I had a problem in the relationship and the business and my parenting, I downloaded it the hard, long journey. Then I started uploading different actions in my life. The more I uploaded the actions and did different things that really were difficult, I had to have a plan I could trust that I, I just was hard to follow, but I had to follow it, right? Execute on it, whether I liked it or not, and be disgustingly consistent in doing so. I reshaped like my entire programming system. I upgraded the system. And then now when the snooze has come up, I'm like, all right, I got to work on that. Hey, dad, man, you've been in the, the, you know, working all dang day. All right, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to cut it off. My wife, hey, got a little extra LBs there, hubby. All right, I'm going to work on that, right? So there's little things that come up, but I don't snooze them anymore. I take it in right now. And that's kind of the living, breathing aspect to it. So I wouldn't even say I knew who Anthony was until I was probably, shoot, about 32 years old, man. 30, 32 in that window. And all of a sudden, it's like, that's, that's who you are. Oh, I don't know if I like that guy so much. Let me work on him. And in doing so, changed my life, man. Dude, and it's, it, going through all of that, there is, there's so many people now that, you, that you're able to help because of that, yeah. it's like they don't have to. They don't have to take. They don't have to go through all of those hardships, right? You, we either learn from pain or mentors. Hey, you don't have yeah. to go through that. Through that pain, and so I know we're coming up on time. So my my last question for you is, dude, what is what is now? What's your focus? Uh, you know, so so many people ask. You know, what's you know what's next? It's like for me, it's yeah. always like what's now because dude, what's next is I don't yeah. know. Like it could change. So what's what is now for Anthony <laughs> Trucks? Yeah, right now, man, I, I, uh, I love coaching the clients I coach and the speaking. I got a book coming out in May 
which is called Identity Shift, which is more of the concepts behind the scenes of everything I'm talking about. I realize that nobody's really anchored down identity. There's some aspects of outliers of, you know, habit books talking about identity, people talking about an individual you can activate, you know, as the individual you need in time. But I'm like, how do you become that human being operationally all day without ever getting tired? How do I become the person who has what I want most? And so I created what's called the shift method. And it's, it's some of the running people through for years, but it, it really has a, it has a duality to how it works. There is the part of the human that is always struggling with the internal pieces, the confidence, self-worth, self-esteem, imposter syndrome, right? There's always those things running. There's always a desire to achieve something. And what's crazy is like, whenever you're looking at what's called the two journeys of a hero, you have the achievement and transformation. You would like Mighty Ducks, they achieved the thing, but really what it was, transformation of Goldberg to Goalie and the Bash Brothers and that girl wearing a dress now, you know, like, and, and even Emilio Estevez is a new guy. That's the transformation while they achieved. And what I realized is people, they'll work on one or the other. I'll try to achieve, but I won't take heed of who I'm becoming and transforming. Because when you're achieving something, you're doing things, you're becoming somebody. Some people get to the back end and go, man, I'm a horrible dude. Like, and I'm a horrible woman and I hate myself because they didn't think about the transformation. Then some people think about transforming all day. I want to transform and do that, but they don't realize yeah, but you got to achieve something to have a true permanent transformation and feel it's you or you'll feel like an imposter. So the shift method takes into account both of those. They happen simultaneously. We structure who you want to become before you even get to work. Then we have you get to work in a very strategic way that teaches you how to plan, execute, and stay consistent. So you're always measuring what I'm achieving because that's the goal to achieve something, but also who am I becoming while I do it? And that, that marriage, that kind of beautiful dance will be put together. So when people get done they have shifted into this new internal human being and their life outside changes because not only have they achieved something really cool, but they're a person they like to be while they have it. Dude, that, that really is a, that's a sustainable, sustainable thing. When you talked earlier yeah. about that, about that story where you said it, you know, it's not your story. Um, you know, with somebody else is like, I feel, I, I go back and I look at, you know, through humanity and I feel like all of those stories are, are mine in a way, right? Because we can all, we can all be evil and we can all be wrong if we, if we went, we were to go off on that, on that trail. So anything that people have done, I can learn lessons from and talking about that, that shift, whether, you know, over achievement, nobody worried about transformation. I've, I've got a signed, um, I've got a signed card from Lyle Alzado. You know, not, mm. you remember Lyle Alzado, the most feared man in the NFL. Like this is the guy that they yeah. coined that term is like, I'm going to rip your, you know, rip your head off and shit down your throat. Like, like the, the dude was an animal and his whole, his whole life it's all he wanted to do was win an NFL championship. And when he finally won it, he was miserable because he was so Simple. focused on that achievement and that goal. Um, but he didn't worry. You didn't work on that transformation. Nope. Nobody thought about it. They, as you're being somebody every day, you're becoming someone. And un, unfortunately people, they adopt the habits and the thoughts of their mentors or whatever because they said to do it, but no one keeps tabs on it. They don't think about the fact that just because that person does it means it should be you. They have different factors in their life. So you should always be thinking about who am I being as I'm becoming. And when you do that, there's actually there's a way for you to get to the point of enjoying every part of the journey and actually loving the final destination and then enjoy the journey so much you don't mind getting back on the road. Dude, no, that's, that's incredible. Anthony, dude, it was an absolute pleasure having you on. There's so much value. I'm going to go back and dude, even just listen to this again because they're, they're, everything that you're saying is like, it, it's incredible, dude. So I, uh, I'm going to put all of your links in here. I'm excited to get your book and, and see, what the, see what the future's like. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Seriously, appreciate you. Yeah, it was awesome.